The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Tudor Dixon Podcast in the Clay and Buck Podcast Network. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. I'm Tudor Dixon, and I'm excited to have you join us for the podcast where we want to focus on true stories of Americans from all walks of life. As many of you know, I ran for governor in the state of Michigan last year, and I became frustrated with what I was seeing in my state. So as I traveled around, I heard stories from people who were desperate also to right those wrongs. A lot of that connected to the pandemic, and many of those stories were actually about people who had lost loved ones and the pain of not being there by their side during that time. And that resonated with me because I actually lived through this pain myself. My grandmother died alone in a nursing home, but interestingly, it wasn't COVID that ended her life. She was suffering from a broken heart. And so many people that I talked to in Michigan went through the same thing. So in Michigan, our nursing homes were locked down and then folks were actually allowed to go outside and meet family members outside, but then they locked down again. Again. And I remember one of those last conversations I had with my grandmother, she looked at me and she said, I don't think I can do this anymore. And, you know, when you're younger, you don't really get what that means because I hadn't been locked alone and she was locked away alone. And so when she was locked down for the second time, the nursing home called us. And even though she had been really healthy, they said, she's just going downhill. We know it's not going to be long now. And truly, it was just dying of a broken heart. And I remember looking through the window with my girls. We were holding my girls up to the window to say goodbye to her and looking down the row and seeing families down the row, looking in the windows to say goodbye to their loved ones and thinking, how can this be happening? It just was so surreal to not be able to hold their hands and say goodbye. And my guest today has a similar experience, um, a little bit more severe than that, but I want her to share that. I want to say this about her. She is an incredibly unique woman. And I say that because you've likely watched this woman on TV. And when you watch her, you can just feel the joy that comes from her. And I want to explain that because I think oftentimes people mistake joy for happiness, but joy is really a heart condition. 
and joy comes directly from your soul. And I would say that this is truly visible when you see Janice Dean. I think that's why it's so powerful to hear her advocate for nursing home victims. And she did this in New York. That experience drew her to other people. She calls it a David and Goliath story. And and I think if you think about what she was able to do, she was really talking about this and going up against Governor Andrew Cuomo, the Goliath of New York, someone who was being held up as someone who was going to run for president. He was getting Emmy Awards for presenting his COVID plan. And she the whole time knew what this had done to her personally and done to so many other people in the state of New York. So... Janice, she spends her days as the senior meteorologist for Fox News, but she is blessed with the gift of storytelling like no one else. And through the pain of her own crisis, she brought us the book, I Am the Storm. It's inspiring. It's American. It is strength. And above all else, it is faith. And I'm excited to dive into the details today with Fox News senior meteorologist and author Janice Dean. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, Tudor, congratulations. Uh, This is a great forum for you because you are such a great communicator. I watched you when you were running for governor. I obviously know your story. uh, and, And I'm so glad that you have this platform now to talk to regular Americans who are still three years later wondering what happened, uh, you know, not only to people we lost, but the origins of COVID. I think it's really important that we lean on our government officials to have a full investigation and hearings, um, you know, because we can't go through something like this again. And if we don't dig deep and find out the really big problems, the deadly problems that our government, uh, you know, led us into, then we're going to do that again. Um, So I'm really grateful to you and and your advocacy. uh, And I'm really, I'm really proud of you right now uh, for, you know, taking this next step into broadcasting because you're good at it. Oh, well, thank you. I want to say this is something that is a total, a totally a side note, but we watch Fox and Friends every morning and my girls call you the angel, which I think is so cute because when you come on, you have this glow around you and they always go, oh, look, the angel, the angel. She's out there telling us about the weather. So, um, I, and that's why I say I really, you do exude joy and, and we just can tell that you really care about people. And I know that's why you wrote this book. I am the storm. And I think so many of us feel that I love that title. I just love it because so many of us feel that when we are fighting against all of the things that we're fighting against right now. And there are so many people that are standing up, whether it is for their child. I I know a lot of people have autistic children and they feel like they're really fighting for their child all the time, whether it's for your loved one in a nursing home, your loved one, whether they're sick. I mean, so many of us feel that way, but you are really able to put a lot of these stories together. So I wanted to know if you could share a few of those stories with us. It started off with our story, our family story. My husband lost both of his parents in separate elder care facilities in New York during the pandemic. Uh, Our governor, like uh, Governor Whitmer, had a mandate to put COVID positive patients into where our most vulnerable resided. And from that moment, um, even though I knew I was up against a Goliath in Andrew Cuomo, you know, uh, a dynasty politician has been in the governor's mansion for decades, you know, including the time he spent with his dad when Mario Cuomo was governor here. Um, you know, I had people telling me, 
why are you doing this? He's not going anywhere. He's the Terminator. That's what some of the reporters here in New York called him, the Terminator. Crazy. Um, and but I had truth on my side. I had the angels on my side. And I thought it was important because my family went through this and thousands of others that I use my platform here at Fox to be able to deliver that message. And I'm so grateful that they allowed me to do that. I do the weather, as you know, I've been here 20 years doing that same job, which I really love. I'm not a political person. I always say the red and blue on the map are areas of high pressure and low pressure. <laughs> um, so, but I had to tell the story because I just found myself in a position of, I have to do this for others. I have to do this for my family. And while I was writing that chapter, I was trying to find others that were doing, you know, similar situations where something has happened to their family or something had happened in their life that was, you know, against all odds, but even against those odds, uh, they rise, they rose to the occasion. Um, and so some of the stories, well, um, obviously a lot of them are COVID related. You talked about parents uh, and what they were seeing in schools and the fact my little boy couldn't sit in front of an iPad all day. He was having breakdowns. He was mm. having anxiety attacks. So we actually put him in a Catholic school, which was closed for one day during the pandemic. And I think a lot of parents realized, you know, we have to stand up. We're our kids' best advocates. So I have stories about that, about parents who decided that they were going up against school boards to try to make it a better place for their kids and other kids. Um, my husband is a firefighter, so one of the stories in there is about Ray Pfeiffer, a good friend of ours, who uh, sadly passed away a few years ago from 9-11 related illness. And he spent his dying days going to Washington, D.C. to beg uh, you know, lawmakers to pass laws and health care uh, so that our government would take care of those who were dying after digging from for at the at ground zero for months. Uh, so that's a story that I really identified with because he was up against so much uh, and, and he used his power to. Uh, to be able to tell a story that he was dying of the same cancer and that he knew he was going to die, but he wanted to make sure that healthcare was in place for his brothers and sisters who were also uh, dying of the same related illness. Well, I love this because I think that so oftentimes people feel like they can't do anything for themselves, that they're stuck in a situation. And I think that the pandemic really gave us that moment where folks said, okay, I have to advocate for myself. And we have moments like this throughout life. I had this moment when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And it's just funny because the number of people in your life that say, you have to immediately do something, go with the first doctor, the doctor is telling you this. And you realize in that moment, I have to figure out what is best for me. And I went from doctor to doctor until I got the story that was, okay, this is not going to be my story. This is how I'm going to go forward. And you mentioned sending your son to Catholic school. That same thing happened to us as well, because we were in the public schools and my husband and I are both working and we thought, what is going to happen? They're never going back to school. We don't know. So we put our kids in private school and it was just I like to look at the blessings through crisis, and that was a real blessing for us because that changed their lives, just the way they interacted with other students, with teachers. And it sort of 
kind of pushed this whole school choice movement across the country. So I think that these moments that you're talking about gave kind of empowered people to think about life in a different way and, and take life by the reins on their own. Don't you think? Yes. Absolutely. I think the pandemic really shook us up because we were kind of locked away. We were put into a box and we didn't want to be in that box anymore. And we saw what was going on. The thing that made me crazy is we weren't able to see our loved ones before they died. But yet it was encouraged to go out and protest the Black Lives Matter. And listen, I, I'm all for protesting. You know, you do what you have to do to raise awareness for your cause. But the fact was they were giving them privileges that we could not have. So, you know, to be locked away and see all of this happening in real time, it's like, you know, you were living in a bizarro world and we really did rise up as parents, uh, as people who were seeing these injustices being done in front of our eyes and, and, and rising to the occasion. And we were lucky that we were able to find the Catholic school. I was a big believer in public school. I went to public school. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> so, you know, and we were lucky that we were able to have the money to do that. Many people don't. And we are supposed to be taking care of our kids, especially underprivileged children. And we did them a huge disservice like we did for our elderly. So, um, that was the premise of the book. And, you know, there are great stories in there as well that aren't Listen, out of tragedy uh, comes purpose, I, I believe. Um, but, you know, there are also a wonderful story about a woman who is going to turn 100 years old. And a story that really inspired me to write the book was Maureen Flavin, who was the one who gave the forecast that um, that changed D-Day to a to a, a day later it was the invasion was supposed to happen uh, a day earlier and there was a big storm on the horizon and she was forecasting from a little lighthouse in the corner of ireland and that information uh got to our allied forces and general eisenhower and he changed the date so her forecast changed the trajectory of the world and you know i that story spoke to me because as i was doing my advocacy uh, Governor Cuomo, disgraced Governor Cuomo and his administration were cutting me down because of my profession, a weather forecaster. She doesn't know anything because she's just the weather lady. But here's a woman whose forecast changed the world and saved thousands of lives. So, you know, it kind of came full circle. Uh, and I, you know, I have to say I've written several books. They've all been very important, but this one is very special to me um, because of all of these great people and these stories that maybe people have never heard of before. I had never heard that story, and I thought that was an incredible story, and I love the way you relate it to today and what you were able to do and how important every person can be and the role yes. that they play and how it affects history. That, to me, is totally amazing. You also have a story in there of a family who was encouraged to abort their baby, and that, to me, is incredibly powerful because I had a family member that was in the same situation. They found out that the baby would be born without a left hand, and it was interesting because immediately the doctors were like here are the here's the information about abortion and there was this process of going through and saying okay but this is a baby that's not going to know any different she's that'll be all she knows is life without a left hand and is does that mean that that life is not worth living and just going through that process of discovery and the love of this child and watching this child come into the world and, and pushing back on that establishment. But you had a, a similar story in there. Will you share a little bit about that? Yeah, they called uh, they called the baby David uh, because of David and Goliath and the battle uh, that they were going to face uh, with this child. Uh, and um, it 
it brings tears to my eyes because she little literally David's mom told me about the moment that she was in uh, the hospital room with the doctor and saying your baby is probably not going to live and if the baby does live uh, and you give birth he's probably going to die within hours and they did they gave her you know the options you either have the baby and he's probably going to die or you know you terminate the pregnancy and there was sort of a leniency towards that uh, uh but they decided the detweilers that they were going to have this child uh you know they're a family of great faith uh and they didn't even think uh, about terminating the pregnancy and now baby david is you know three and a half years old uh and he's got a lot of challenges but he is the light of their life and uh and and what a great opportunity for their other children Children, uh, to learn from from baby David uh, and all of the challenges that he faces but they say he's one of the most joyous uh, laughing all the time they can't imagine their life without David so it was a beautiful chapter to write and I'm glad I was able to tell their story if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
I think it's so important to go back to what you said. This isn't political. You are not political about this. This is just sharing stories, and you share stories that affect people of on both sides of the aisle, but you're really encouraging. And one of the things that I think was so powerful to me during that time of COVID, because I was watching you, I was watching you on Twitter, and I was watching these attacks. And sometimes these attacks are, are so silly, and yet they still can get to you deep down. I mean, I obviously went through running for governor and people say ridiculous things, but if you let them, they can take you down. And there were the attacks that would say, stay in your lane. Even Twitter, I noticed, was saying, is this weather related? What did you think when that happened? I knew they were censoring me. Somehow there was, uh, uh, I don't know how they would do it, but if I would tweet, every time I would tweet something about Governor Cuomo or mandates or something having to do with the seniors that died in nursing homes, people would send me screenshots of uh, my tweet saying, is this, is this, tweet about the weather and they had to say yes or no, click on it. Um, So they were clearly trying to censor me or um, trying to silence me that way by saying, hey, lady, stay in your lane. You're only supposed to be talking about weather here. I still don't know why that happened. I'd love Elon Musk to look into that because I don't know if that happened to anyone else. People who so People who do the weather, people who have do the sports, uh, people that do business, they can't have opinions on something that has happened to their family. Is this about sports? Is this about uh, the economy? I don't know if that happened to anybody else. I didn't see it happen to anyone else. And that was, to me, honestly, it was so bizarre because the first time, and it kept happening because I I saw it happen several times. And it actually happened to me, too, when I would see your tweets that would come up and I would think, how did they even know? I mean, that is pretty that is pretty crazy to think that they can pinpoint exactly what your profession is and decide whether or not you should be yes. talking about something. But I think that's also what people need to understand about technology today. People can really these these other countries can go in and they can determine everything about you. And that's why we do have concerns about social media, but we really saw it targeting you. And so you had to be very strong because I think that is, I think it is so offensive for Twitter to say, you know, are you out of your lane? But you were, you were strong and you kept doing this. So what are your words of encouragement to other people who feel like they're being attacked? And certainly anytime somebody steps out, whether it is to run for office or just to speak their mind or stand up for their child. I think it's easy to get pushed out of the spotlight and pushed away. So how do you encourage people to stay with it? I think now more than ever, we're finding our voices. I think the pandemic, one silver lining from that is that we are rising up and saying this, you know, this didn't feel right. And we have to find out why I would say keep going. And in advocacy, it's not a week, it's not a month, it's years, it's a lifetime, right? And I have met so many wonderful families, you know, through our grief, we have met families that have gone through the same thing. And they're the ones uh, that give purpose and give strength, right? There's strength in numbers. I found that if you have a message and it resonates and it's truthful, you're going to find others that will stand with you to deliver that message as well. And I, I think I think that's so important. Uh, you know, the book is called I Am the Storm. It's because, uh, you know, that saying uh, the devil whispers to the warrior and says, you're not strong enough to withstand the storm. And the warrior says, but I am the storm. And I think that that's, that's what I carry with me uh, is I had truth on my side. I had the angels on my side. Uh, and I had the tremendous support of so many others that were lifting me up as well. 
what was it like for your kids to see you out there? Because obviously they see you on TV all the time and they know what your job is, but they do see you as someone who focuses on weather too. So suddenly they see you in a different capacity where you really are going up against the governor and that changes things for children as well. And I think that's something that people don't always think about when you have kids and you're out in the spotlight like this, it affects your children. I'm sure they were somewhat protected in a Catholic school, but did they ever experience any pushback from that? That's a good question. I mean, I as we were going through it, I would tell them what I was doing. I mean, we were I had a home studio at the time because we weren't coming into uh, into into Fox during the pandemic. So I was lucky enough that I had a great company that built a, a studio inside my house in a spare room and my kids would hear me, right? I would do the weather and then I would do another report about Andrew Cuomo and they would come out and they're like, Andrew Cuomo's a bad guy, right, mom? And I'm like, listen, I don't know what he's like as a person. I can just tell you what I know and what he his leadership did to our family. And I think they know that what I was doing was important. Um, They have not read the book, you know, they're 12 and 14, but they know their mom is a strong lady and will stand up. Uh, And, and I, you know, I write the small story in there that, that is very relevant of my youngest son being bullied in school. And that was very tough because I did everything I could as a parent. This was happening in the Catholic school, by the way, after mm. we put him in. Um, he was new uh, and he was he was getting bullied and he would come home crying. I did everything I could in my power. I talked to uh, the teachers. I went into the principal uh, and we did everything we possibly could until one day uh, the bully decided to target one of his buddies, one of Theodore's buddies, and he stood up for his friend. You know, he would come home crying and not stand up for himself, but he stood up for his friend in the schoolyard against this bully. And he came home and told me that and how proud he was. And I just thought to myself, my goodness, if I, if there's any lesson that I could give, it's, you know, it's standing up for others that's sometimes more important. Uh, so, you know, I'm just proud of my children. And of course, I will be open and honest. They've been to rallies with me. They, you know, my husband has been to Albany with me. Um, and someday, you know, I will tell them the full story. Uh, I just want to lead by example, you know, and, uh, and, and if at the end of the day, if they're proud of their mom, then man, that's the best compliment you could ever give me. That is awesome. I love that. And I think my girls went through the same thing and they watched some of this, but they, they had the same question for me because I think that you can get really focused on what you're doing as an adult and your kids are kind of on the sidelines wondering what exactly is happening. So they said the same thing about Gretchen Whitmer. They, one morning I remember they, they said, do we hate Gretchen Whitmer? And I, it was like this moment where I'm like, okay, this is very important for me to explain. And I said, no, we don't. And I said, and I don't, you know, I don't know her personally at that point. I had never met her, but I said, I don't like what she wants to do with the state. So we call those her policies. That's what Mm -hmm. I don't like, but I don't, I don't not like her as a person. In fact, we should continue praying for her. And so it is a teaching moment. And I think that sometimes as a parent, you can get really focused on one thing and then your kids are always there to bring you back to reality. And people used to say, are you getting a big head doing this? And I would say, (laughs) I have 
four girls in my house. There is no way to get a big head because they're constantly yeah. tearing everybody apart, you know, but it was good too, because you're that role model and you have to make sure that your kids see something that is positive and that you're fighting. Like I said, when I look at you, I see joy and I, that just really emanates from your personality and that, I think, is why you have so many people who come to you with their stories and trust you to tell their stories, and you tell them quite well. So thank you for doing that. And tell, tell people where they can get the book. Well, on, online, you can go to the regular places like Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, and they are in the bookstores for a while. They weren't in the bookstores, but that's a completely different, separate story. Um, we had a hard time getting them into bookstores, but they're there now. But I will say that if you buy the book, um, you know, give it to someone else, pass it along. Uh, and I love when people tell me they went to the library to get the book, right? I love the process of writing books, Tudor, but to sell it is a really tough thing, you know, and, and we're in really tough economic times right now. So I always say that if you have the book and you enjoyed it, pass it along to someone else. Um, and, and that would make me really happy. Well, I love that. And I think it is so important for people to, in this time when we have so many questions about things to read inspiring stories. So thank you for inspiring people. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And I hope to have you on my podcast as well, because I'm in, in equal appreciation of what you've done with, with your platform, Tutor. And again, I'm so excited for you and congratulations on this new adventure. Thank you. We'll do that. That will be lots of fun. Janice Dean, thank you so much. Author of I Am the Storm and Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Make sure you get your own copy or like she said, share it with someone else. It is I Am the Storm. It is a compilation of David and Goliath stories going up against Goliath, but also really inspiring stuff. And thank you so much for joining me today on the Tudor Dixon podcast. For this episode and others, go to TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe. Subscribe right there. Join me next time on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Have a great day, everyone. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to fourpatriots.com/tutor to get your solar generator. Generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to fourpatriots.com slash tutor. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.